Welcome to the Holy Authentic Life Podcast. My name is Bruce. And I'm Tammy. And we're so glad to get to hang out with you today. Yes, we are. We are super excited because we are here to share with you about the hope we have for a vibrant and sustainable life in Christ. Man, this is going to be good. Let's do this thing. How's your trust level? Oh, gosh. You would start out with that question. Oh, man. You know what's funny is when you ask me this, I think about different experiences where I would say, oh, it's easy for me to trust, but then not so much. Like I'm immediately thinking about the time that we as a family did this zip line. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. We went to camp a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Fuge Camps oh, in yeah. Glorieta, New, New Mexico. Mexico. How amazing that place was. Oh my uh, gosh, it is amazing. And I had never done a zipline kind of thing before. And I mean, you watch people do it. They're having fun. Nobody's falling. No one's dying, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, that would sort of put a damper on the whole zipline idea if you just get strapped in and launched to your doom. Are you kidding me? Come on. I think camp would have ended pretty fast. I think you're right. So all this time, you wait in line, you're watching people go before you, they're smiling, they're laughing, they're having a good time, and you're like, this is going to be awesome. And then they hand you this crazy like harness thing. Remember that? Yes. To- now, I will say this as we're talking about this, it doesn't help that we're your waiting area where people were repelling down the wall. Oh, and- <laughs> And we consistently watch these guys start coming down the wall, flip upside Upside down, down. and smack the wall. Oh my gosh, that was terrifying. My palms were sweating for this one man. Do you remember? He was really, really tall. And he had never repelled before. And he just was like dangling upside down. And let's be real. I mean, it was all safe. It was all oh, yeah. wonderful. All the the people who were working and oh, everything amazing. did such an amazing job to make it safe. But yet there were still <laughs> this reality of, oh my gosh, I'm like hanging upside down if I'm doing repelling. And so I decided at that point, no repelling for me, but I'll try the zip line. Right. That's going to be a whole lot easier. Well, we get up there and you have to, you know, clip in and do all this stuff. And you have your harness really tight. And I remember they were like, okay, just let it fly. And I was freaking out. Like, I remember I screamed for the first, like, part of the whole thing. And I think I was being judged by the boys, like our sons. Our sons. Yeah. Definitely looked back and... and. <laughs> We're like, Mom, come on. <laughs> what? Why are you screaming? Why are we're, you screaming? We're literally going, what, 200 yards across? Yeah, I mean, it really, I, I kind of am embarrassed a little bit. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but it was fun. But, you know, in the moment, it's the first time. First time. Never done a zip line before. And now that I have, I'm like, oh, I can do this. So your trust yeah. in the process, your trust in the equipment and the people who were running it increased. <laughs> significantly. (laughs) But it was trust that got you off the ledge in the first place. Well, and it was. And the thing is, I mean, you can sit back and say, oh, I would trust the people, you know, who are running the zip line. But until I literally put my life in that situation and stepped off that ledge 
going, that was an act of of ultimate trust at that point. It was no longer just a, oh, that would be fun. I think I could do it, but I actually did. And there was this moment of like action, I guess. So when you say like, how's your trust level? I would say it's pretty high, I think, until I go, what are my actions showing? Yeah, I can't help but think as you're talking about that, okay, is it not true that maybe our trust level in a zip line is greater than our trust level in people, in information that we're getting, in what we see on a daily basis. Why is that the case? Wow. You're right. It, it is hard to know where, where's truth. And mm. and that's, I think, where uh, using our zip line analogy, you know, the truth was the equipment was solid, that I had watched people go before me, <laughs> not die. I, <laughs> I had seen right. people have fun and we're living this life doing this thing that brought them a lot of joy and I was like I want that for my life and so you know in applying the zip line to your question it's like okay well where am I getting those inputs and are the relationships in my life showing me that I can put that trust Mm. in is the information I'm getting from that source has that source been reliable over time and you know so there's a lot of questions like that definitely there is a lot that goes into it and Mm -hmm. Maybe I should even back up and ask a different question, which is how important is trust to our life, to experiencing joy, confidence, hope, all the things that we talk about being part of a holy, authentic life, being part of a vibrant and sustainable life, being part of mental health. How important is trust? Wow. And that's the thing. I mean, it's essential. It's, mm. it's almost like without trust in, you know, your deepest relationships or in the things that you're doing, uh, there's just this level that you're missing out on, I guess. Uh, there's, there's a quality of relationship that requires trust, mm-hmm. that without trust is, uh, it's just not going to be the same. It's not. And I think what we see on a regular basis is people withdrawing from people mm. because of uncertainty, because of lack of trust relationships become harder. Last week, we talked about love and the importance of having the right kind of love in our lives, whether it's being expressed toward us or we're expressing it toward others. How we live and love others is super important. Well, trust factors into this as well. So what do we do in our relationships? How do we build trust? Is there a place to be able to do that? Can we do that safely? Or are we really just having to put ourselves out there in order to really begin to experience and develop trust? Yeah. And that's a good place to start is to maybe even think about like, how did you develop trust in your growing up? Like Mm. when you were younger, did the people in your life that you looked up to, whether it was your parents, your family, your siblings, you know, your teachers, the the coaches, you know, think about when you were in a younger place, how did those relationships go? I think we've all had good experiences. We've all had bad experiences. Mm -hmm. I can look back to my experiences with my family, and there was a lot of trust there. Uh, I trusted my parents' hands. I trusted Mm. how they would lead me. And, um, you know, I think of one of my grandpas that I really was very close to, and my favorite place was just to be in his arms. As a, as a small child, there was a yes. lot of trust there and there was a lot of love conveyed to me. And it, to the point when, as I was growing older, there was no doubt that if my grandpa said something to me, 
it was trustworthy. If he asked me to do something, I could do it with no question because that trust had been there from the earliest days of my life. Not every relationship is like that. Right. Not everyone has that kind of experience. And yet we still need to be able to trust, to build relationships, to have deeper relationships without trust. How, how do we stay in any relationship? Yeah. And there are some really key elements for trust. And I wanted to actually pull from a recent workshop that Dr. Henry Cloud did on this very topic of trust. Mm -hmm. And it's from the workshop from Boundaries Made, Can I Trust You? And he talked about the core elements, and maybe we can kind of break these down a little bit, the core elements of trust. Uh, You trust when you feel understood. Mm. And that's the first one. And I I hear you saying that, like with your grandpa, that you felt understood by him. And he was a person that you relied upon a lot. Yeah, it's funny that you would say it like that. I am certain that I was understood, but I don't know that that was my question in my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Because it was just given. Yeah. His understanding, his love for me, it was just given freely. Praise God for relationships that are like that. Yeah. I think our marriage is like that. We just give trust to one another. We have other people, other friendships in our lives that are like that. Yeah. And I love what you share there. And I love how that relationship with your grandpa, it just, that was sort of a given. That was sort of a Mm. foundational thing where you feel understood. And so, you know, that's one of the core elements for trust. The second one that Dr. Cloud says is when you feel someone's motive is for you. Yeah. How often do you experience that nowadays? Gosh, I wish it was more because when someone is for you, well, that means they're not against you. That's obvious. (laughs) Right. But, But that means it's for your good. They're cheering for you. They're not envious of you or jealous or any of those things, but they they want your success. Like they want you to thrive. Wow. That's really awesome. The way you're saying that, because gosh, we need that. Yeah. My heart longs for people who are on my side to know that someone trusts you. Yes. That they are trusting your motives, that they've got your back, that they, in some ways, sometimes believe that good is going to come out of you, even when you don't believe good is going to come out of yourself. Wow. That's an amazing level of trust. Yeah. Almost brings tears to my eyes because I think of people... who have felt that way for, you know, in my life and how mm. special that is. It's almost like you just squeeze my heart a little bit in a good way, like in a in a loving way. And that brings the tears of gratitude for these people. Yes. Gratitude will accompany trust. Oh, yeah. When trust is given, mm. there is that automatic thankful response that someone believes in you. It's just amazing. The third is you trust when you feel someone is able to do what you need. I think about some of the things that I'm not able to do that you can, like when we have a flat tire or we have... Oh, now come on. You can change a tire. Oh, I don't know. I've never had to do it. Honestly. Uh Uh-oh. I think I've just stepped into something new that I'm going to have to do. We're changing tires later this afternoon. (laughs) But, you know, capable things. I mean, just this past week, I know our son had an issue with a a car battery, and you knew how to handle that. So when he called you, you guys were able to do a FaceTime call, and you walked him through the process of how to change a battery, how to Mm. do that. And that's a pretty cool thing. And now he has that ability. That's That's what trust does. Yeah. It helps people develop areas of their life they'd never developed before. Mm -hmm. For him, it wasn't that he wasn't 
wasn't capable. Yeah. He had just never had that experience. And so in doing that, now he knows. Right. I love that he knew that you were someone he could trust. And so he brought his problem to you. We go to others that we believe in, we trust. Yeah. Sometimes some of our greatest mentors, and I'll call them that, don't even answer our question directly, but they have this art of pointing us in the right direction (laughs) that we still develop. And it's because of that trust that we can do that. Which is cool. And I love how you say that. Some of our mentors like lead us in the, they don't do it for us. They don't give us a vote of no confidence. Instead, they give us a little bit of support, but then affirmation and guidance, and then let us kind of carry it out. Yeah. And and some Sometimes I wish they'd do it for me. But then on the flip side, I'm glad they don't because it pushes me and develops me more. And then I'm grateful. I look to them and say, thank you. You know, Mm -hmm. that's awesome because it's kind of this we trust them. So we ask and they trust us with their knowledge so that we can develop in it even more. I mean, it's just a it's a really cool relationship that we're talking about. Yeah. In that. So grateful. And so um, the fourth quality of like a core element of trust is when you feel someone is like you need them to be their character. And I think we've already kind of talked a little bit about these folks that we have in our life who have character traits Mm -hmm. or qualities that, man, that's just what makes them solid. Yes. We could spend an entire day talking about the importance of character. A lack of character is just going to undercut any trust that we would have in someone. And um, I, th- I say that to myself because I want to be someone who is trustworthy. Yeah. I want people to be able to look at me and say, your advice matters. Well, they're not going to do that if I'm a person who lacks character. Right. They're going to kind of see through the facade and go, mm. Not so much, you know. And I'm voting on their side. If I'm not displaying Mm -hmm. character, please see through me Yeah. and go elsewhere. I guess that's that sharpening of our saw that we make sure that we're not asking someone to be something that we're not expecting of ourselves as well. The standard is the same for somebody that we trust and for ourselves, that we would also have character so that people could trust us more. Yeah, the old saying, do what I say, not what I do, (laughs) just doesn't fly. No, it didn't work for our kids, like, either. They they were like, no, you know. Oh, isn't that... Okay, Parenting 101. <laughs> no matter what you say to your kids... Oh, my gosh. They are going to do what you do. Yeah. They are going to love what you love and yeah. dislike what you dislike yeah. more than whatever it is that you tell them. Yeah, because they're going to watch your life. And, they do. And that's where this character really matters. And I love that when... I think about the relationships I trust highly is when someone is like I need them to be. Their their character oh, is, you know, what I need them to be. And this is evident in the relationships that I put a lot of trust in. Yes. You make me think of how baby animals are that way and how loving and nurturing birds are as they build their nest. And it's so comforting. It's all designed so that that young one knows that it's cared for. And that's exactly 
exactly when you talk about character and you talk about trust and you talk about all of these things that we've mentioned this morning, it sort of is building that kind of a nest mm-hmm. to where when we have this relationship, when we ask or we come to someone, we come to them in that level of comfort. That safe, almost like a safety bubble. Safety is a great <laughs> word. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a bubble around that too, that, you know, you do feel safe. And I, I like that nest analogy. I'm really seeing those little birds and especially with springtime being here and mm-hmm. hearing all the baby birds all in the trees around us. Mm-hmm. They're just everywhere. And it, it's cool. It's a cool concept. I like that. Yeah. The fifth quality of uh, core elements of trust is that we trust what we've seen them do before their track record. Um, Ah, yeah. So it kind of goes along with that character, but this is time. This is like over the course of time, we have noticed that time is something that has actually gone on the side of trusting that person. So it doesn't just happen in a night or a day or a week. This is something maybe for a period of time that we've watched in this person's life and they have that track record we can trust. And I'm just imagining in my mind all of the impatience anonymous people oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, who met yesterday and nobody showed up because they couldn't wait for everybody to show up. It, it's that, isn't that such life that yeah. we want everything to be immediate? Yeah. And yet there is a quality of trust. Gosh, think about it even as you meet someone. Do you trust them implicitly the moment you meet them? You want to, but you don't because you know that that might take time to develop that relationship. Yeah. There's a sense in which yeah. I like how you said that. You want to. And so there's kind of this point where trust begins yeah. at that moment because we're going to start there. We're not just going to, well, maybe some people do, but I'm not just going to walk up to you and shake your hand and think, I don't trust you until oh, you prove yourself to me. <laughs> I mean, it's more of the yeah. the other flip side of I'm coming into this new relationship. I just met you. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to give you benefit of the doubt. I'm going to start there. But like Dr. Cloud pointed out, yeah. there is this element of time. People prove to you over time, are they trustworthy in what you've seen them do, in how they've treated you, you've treated them over time? That that really matters. I just love the the way Dr. Cloud breaks down the anatomy of trust and the core elements here, because all five of those those areas need to be present in order to have a deeper trusting relationship with someone. I agree completely. I love all these things that we've been talking about and how they are so practical to apply to what we definitely need in relationships. So my question now is, what do we say to someone who's in the middle of a situation where trust has been broken or they look around and they look at their lives and they say, gosh, what do I do to have these kind of relationships? What do I do to write a relationship that's gone wrong? Yeah. And that's really a good starting place because you have to start with yourself and say, am Mm. I... Am I the person that's trustworthy? It's that circle of control. Like I can control me. And so I'm working on these things. Can't really control outside my circle. So let me look first on, do I have those five elements that can be trusted? The beginning place of healing starts with a good examining of our heart Mm -hmm. and our motives Mm -hmm. so that if we're going to go to someone,
someone eventually, and we're going to talk about this in just a minute. If we're going to go to someone because trust has been broken or hurt has happened, then we have to come from a place where we are right in our hearts and in our minds. Mm -hmm. And honestly, we almost have to come from a place of forgiving first Mm -hmm. before we then approach that relationship. And so that's why you're saying, let's look and see, am I being someone who's trustworthy? Yeah. Am I displaying these characteristics in my life and being someone that another person can trust? Right. And that's just a really great place to start. You know, do I help others feel understood? Am I saying that my motive is for someone else? Oh, you know? right. Am I looking at and saying, hey, I'm capable to help. I'm able to do. Mm-hmm. What kind of character do I have? And then finally, what's my track record? So those five core things are huge that if those are areas where, which I already look at those and go, yeah, I need to work on some of those, right? I, I, I hear another <laughs> entire podcast on forgiveness. about being that person that is for another person's good. Man. Even people who've hurt you. Wow. So we can come back to that another time. Sounds like it. (laughs) But yeah, but starting, the good place to start is is looking within ourselves and say, okay, is this who I am? Mm -hmm. What are the areas? And how can I not necessarily fix it, but I am trying to give attention to it. And Mm. I have awareness of, man, this is something that I want to work on. and, And this could even go back to a a podcast we did earlier with that Explore the Iceberg. What am I mad about? What am I Mm -hmm. angry about? What am I sad about or anxious? What are the things that are going on on the emotional deeper deeper level? And then bringing those before God and getting some healing in Mm -hmm. that. And that would fall under that character. Like, who am I? Exactly. And Mm -hmm. we can't ask for someone to display character when we're not displaying it ourselves. Right. Yeah. So we have to become the person Mm -hmm. that we're asking someone else to be, Mm -hmm. character-wise, that we are trustworthy. Yeah. So yeah, we first start with us and say, okay, these are some areas that I would like to work on. I always bring those things to the Lord. That's how I process that. I don't I don't look to myself to fix myself. I look to right. I look to my creator and say, Lord, I pray for more of you in my life, less of me, that you would make me more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that in becoming more like Jesus, I am becoming a trustworthy person. Someone reminded me recently of a sermon that Michael Todd did, and he was talking about how God has given us this owner's manual in Mm, Scripture. Yeah, It's not just an owner's manual that connects us to God. It's actually an owner's manual in how I, as a human being, have been put together and how I should function and all of that. And one of the things Michael Todd said in that sermon is, if we don't read the owner's manual and we don't know what it says, then abuse is inevitable. So I love what you're saying. We take this to God because healing comes through Him working in us and through us. And there are times where we just have to agree with him about what's right and wrong. Yeah. Our opinion at that point doesn't matter. Healing comes when we agree with him, as we become more like him and have his attitude, as scripture tells us. So as we do that, then we're developing that character. It's not just good human character. No. (laughs) It's godly Mm -hmm. character that he wants to develop in us. And that's so cool. And, And it's also challenging. This doesn't just come easily like, oh, I think I'll just become more like Jesus today. <laughs> you know, and just that's easy. It, it, it takes right. work. It takes focus. Check off of my to-do <laughs> list today. 
I mean, it takes focus. It's it's why we why we come together as believers. It's why we worship together. It's why we read our uh, Bible. It's why we do the disciplines, right? Yes, and what you just said is together. <laughs> yeah, trust. Yeah, and character mm. are more often developed together than yeah. they will ever be mm. alone. Right. And I use the word more often because I'm kind of being kind to myself. The truth is, if you're alone, you're not going to be developing trustworthiness. Mm-mm. You're not going to be developing character in any great measure because you just can't do that in a vacuum no. by yourself. Mm-mm. It just doesn't work that way. We need others in our lives. Yeah, we do. Relationships are important. Right. And trust is a vital part of relationship. So we get our character right, mm-hmm. and then we are ready to be able to go to someone and talk about this. I said it that way because I know when I say the word confrontation oh, or confront, man. you're I'm, not a fan of that word. I'm, I'm so out of here. <laughs> I really don't like confrontation. Oh. I know. And some people, that's that's very true. It's just the way our personalities are wired. Oh, and our life experiences, because let's, mm. let's be honest, some of us have come from a place where confrontation was scary. And, and yes. I'm kind of laughing, but I'm not laughing. I mean, it was no, scary for me right. as a child. I mean, my mom and, and stepdad would just argue and it scared me. And so I saw confrontation as a negative kind of thing, but it doesn't have to be. No. And how do we work? through relationship issues if there isn't at some point this willingness to bring it up. And that's what I mean when I say confrontation here. We have to be able to bring it up. If you and I don't talk about it, then we're not going to resolve it. No. And just being open and honest, this is something that we're getting better at. Yeah. Probably every week before we sit down to do this podcast, one of us <laughs> is apologizing to the other one about something. I know. Have you noticed? Yeah. Yeah. It's because life is life. Yeah. And things happen. I get in a bad mood. <laughs> no, just kidding. Sometimes it's just, you know, it just is. It's the way we're humans and we have emotions and we we have desires and we mm-hmm. have things and sometimes our tank is full and sometimes it's depleted. So I love that. I love being able to work things out in, yes. in a way that isn't scary and isn't dangerous, but but being able to talk about things openly and honestly and naming it. And so, yeah, addressing broken trust in the relationship, you do have to start there. Maybe with where is the thing that led to maybe the break in the trust. Yes. And let's again honesty is really important and so sometimes this works and sometimes it doesn't Mm. sometimes we bring up a hurt sometimes we address an issue Mm. and we're ready to talk about it but the other person isn't oh gosh and that happens that's real yeah and again just because another person is not ready in that moment Mm -hmm. it's not a reason for us to throw out the relationship and write someone off we understand this takes time yeah and so we're going to bring it up and if it's not the right moment, it'll be pretty obvious. Yeah. Because usually you're going to be met with defensiveness or avoidance, or I think sometimes, gosh, I'm guilty of saying to you, I don't even know why you think that's a problem. (laughs) You know, something like that. And at that Uh, point, you realize, yeah, he's not ready for me to talk to him. (laughs) Let's just go down the hall and walk away. 
<laughs> yes. And um, and yet we don't give up on each other. No. We come back together. We sure. we do get that right. And so this is normal. This is natural. Mm-hmm. And we have to be realistic Yeah, as we confront, as we bring these things up, that there's sometimes the time is right, sometimes the time is not right. I would just say at the end of the day, late, right before bed, no. Just go ahead and say no. That's not the best time. Right. Yeah. And I know there's that scripture about don't go to bed angry. Um, well, don't let the sun go down on your anger. I think that's a personal thing. I know. If you personally can deal with the emotion that you're having yeah, so that you're not just stewing on it. Right. The value in Paul's words to the Ephesians is anger grows. Yeah. It grows and it produces other emotions and feelings. And then you start having agreements and beliefs about another person. And so you do need to deal with that. And as you deal with that personally. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying to wait a long time. I'm just saying that I think timing is important because if you're exhausted at the end of the day, ready to fall asleep and and the person feels the same way, might not be the best time Mm. to bring something up when both of you are exhausted. Two things are important. Mm-hmm. Timing yep. and time. Oh, I like that. Because yeah. some things begin in a moment, but yeah. are going to take time to rebuild. And trust is one of those things. Depending on how the trust was broken and what all happened, Yeah, it is not going to heal overnight. No. There's so many things in life that can be really hard. Mm. And brokenness in a relationship is one of those things that will take time. Yeah. And to not write someone off, to keep coming back and address the issue again when the timing is right. Yeah, and that does take a long time to do, especially mm-hmm. based on what the the brokenness of the trust involved. And mm-hmm. those five different core elements are, are basically what maybe you need to start with after you look at yourself. Then you look at where was that area of trust broken? Was it broken in feeling understood? Mm-hmm. Did all of a sudden you feel like they didn't get where you were coming from and, and went in a different direction? You just didn't feel understood. Was it maybe that someone's motive wasn't for you that you felt like they were against you in that mm-hmm. moment did something else contribute to they weren't able to do what you needed as far as the this the capability of of what the friendship or what the relationship was needing at that time did it break there did it break in a character kind of area mm. do you feel like they they broke your trust in that particular core element or was it the track record that you had experienced all of this long standing and then all of a sudden it shifted And so naming where was that trust broken in one of those five elements Mm -hmm. is where it begins. And then communicate what it was. Where is the broken trust? What are the feelings? Using those I statements like I felt hurt. I felt sad. I felt angry when this da-da-da. And then the consequences because of this. Now I don't feel like I can trust you. I don't feel as safe with you. I don't feel whatever. Communicate that. Yes. And here's probably the hardest part in the healing process. Someone has broken your trust, but in order to rebuild it, you have to be willing to give it again. Yeah. Now, listen, I'm not saying you start big. You just go back to, okay, our level of trust was at this apex level. So it was broken, but I'm going to start back right there Mm, as healing's (laughs) happening. No, it's it's finding 
mm-hmm. little things, yeah. little ways to rebuild that trust. If we don't begin that process by offering mm-hmm. trust yeah. to that person, then we're never going to rebuild it. No. And then the relationship is suffering because of that. You it know? is. I like what we're bringing out here in this whole process of how do I rebuild when something's been broken? And I think the next part would be that trust requires an apology. Is there mm, yeah. is there an I'm sorry, like a remorse? I feel badly about that. I mean, is there a way that you feel like the person has or you have tried to give that apology to the other person? Can I interject here too? When our kids were young, mm. we forced apologies upon oh, them. My God. Gosh, I remember those. And those times it was were, so oh. it was so not helpful. Ugh. There was this I'm sorry. Process oh right. <laughs> but not sorry. They would be mad at each other. Yeah, arguments. And it was like, okay, now you're gonna say you're sorry. And so you'd get this sorry. And then you're gonna say, Okay, I forgive you. I forgive you. Oh. And that was all. There was no healing of relationship. There was no real (laughs) apology going on. And in fact, the words I'm sorry, the words I apologize Mm -hmm. can be important, but they can also be meaningless. Yeah. When you're saying an apology is necessary, Mm -hmm. there's this coming to that person and saying, I was wrong. Yeah. That's more of what you're talking about when you're saying apology. Yeah. Is it sincere? I mean, that's what you're hitting on is, is this a sincere apology? And it it requires that, you know, I feel badly, gosh, you know, an understanding of what went wrong, the pain, the consequences of the broken trust, and then trying to take ownership. Like, you know, I admit I did this poorly, or I'm really sorry about the way I handled whatever it was. And then having asking for forgiveness, because Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting, because we both need to offer forgiveness and then receive forgiveness. That is a part of relationships. It is. And it's easy to approach this conversation being the party who has been wronged. Mm. Probably just as often we find ourselves in the middle of this conversation and we are the one, and you love my phrase, who has done the wronging. Oh, yeah. Done the wronging. Yikes. We are Mm -hmm. guilty of this. We are guilty of breaking someone's trust. Mm, Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, when I've done the breaking, I just want that forgiveness. And it seems like I I just expect Mm. that in some ways. But when someone has wronged me, it's harder to give that. But we both need to receive and to offer forgiveness. It's kind of a part of this whole thing. It is. And this whole process that we've been talking about, when we're the person in the wrong, we have to come back to and say, okay, where? Did it go wrong? Yeah. And sometimes someone's not going to necessarily be willing to bring that up with us. Yeah. And it's okay to confront from the side of, hey, I've been thinking about this moment and something went wrong in our relationship. And so I want to do whatever I can. I realize I've hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. And here's what I understand and be willing to listen at that moment because we may not understand the full picture. There may be other things going on that when we broke that trust, Mm. it added to something else that was going on in their life. And so this is a point where us we can listen. 
Yeah. We can hear and allow them to even vent a little bit to us because our heart's in the right place to receive that mm-hmm. in the right way. Yeah. And to keep our heart in that posture of trying to rebuild yeah. trust that we violated. Good. It's hard. Gosh, it's so hard to be in that place. And we don't usually like admitting that we could possibly have done something to wrong someone else. But yet Mm. all of us have done that at some point. Right. And it just makes me think, how many times should we forgive? Seven times? No, 70 times seven. Just that whole concept of, gosh, I need to keep learning how to do this. Yes. And so with that, you've turned our conversation kind of in a direction of where's God in all of this? And we will pick up next time with the question, how is your trust level of God? Oh, yeah. Do you trust him no matter what your circumstances are in life? That's an important thing that we need to really get to in all of this. Yeah. Because life doesn't always go the way we want it to. No. And things don't always happen in answer to our prayer, like what we are asking God and how it's interesting because we've been talking about human relationships with trust, but then how that also can transfer into our relationship with God and Mm -hmm. um, whether we've had good experiences in the past with trust or bad experiences, but then how those can actually either increase our faith or stagnate our faith in our ability to trust. God. Yes. So we're going to pick up there next time. Yes. And I want to just pray as we close it out for today, as we are just allowing God to help us navigate what it means to trust. And so let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your example of love to us, that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. Mm -hmm. And Lord, I thank you so much for loving us in spite of ourselves sometimes, but just seeing what um, the plans that you have for us, plans to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future. And Lord, I thank you for um, this area of trust that you would help us to see with clear vision ways that we can trust you more and ways that we can work on these areas in our lives so that we can be people who are trustworthy, so that our relationships can be healthy and can be more like you. And God, I thank you for just walking with us through this process, uh, holding us, um, comforting us, uh, healing our hearts. God, may we be more and more like you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen.